I want to talk about the Good Samaritan today from the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. And I'm just going to read the whole story to you, and then we're going to dive into it. Is that all right? Okay, Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, left him half dead beside the road. Wow, he must be wearing expensive clothes. <laughs> Lesson here, don't buy expensive clothes. <laughs> by chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side, the other side of the road, and passed him by. Another dude came along, a temple assistant, walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion, compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man, and if the bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I am here. Now, which of these three would you say was a good neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandit? Jesus asked. And they replied, the one who showed mercy. Mercy. And Jesus says, yes, now you go and do the same. Amen? When I read that with uh, this passage, there's an interesting paradox there. You know, we could live our lives for others or we could pretend that we do not, did not see, did not hear, did not know and pass over, cross over to the other side. Every day we are confronted with this choice. Live for others or pretend we didn't know, we didn't see and cross over to the other side. The other side is the side, is the road of inaction. It's the road of being self-absorbed, self-preserving. Do you know that Singaporean has a superpower? You know what's our superpower? It is called egg blur. <laughs> Singaporeans are so good that when something happens, we egg blur. Whether it's on the street, in your office, or even in your family, we pretend we didn't hear, we didn't see, we don't know. So that we don't have to take responsibility. Ignorance is bliss. We don't have to do anything. Singaporean's other superpower, we have two superpowers, is that when something happens, first, we act blur. Secondly, call the police. We have the police on speed dial. And, and, and we always say, call the professionals, call the authorities, call the, the experts. And basically, we do nothing. When you see someone drowning, you know what's our action? What do we do? We activate our two superpowers. And then you know what else we do? We film it. We call the police. If the guy is drowning, by the time the police gets there, you might as well not call the police. Just call the 
the, the undertaker straight away. So listen, we need to do something. Every day we are confronted with a choice. We live for others. Or we pretend we don't see and we cross over to the other side. Amen? Now, if you study the Good Samaritan, you, you'll notice there are some things that you've got to have in order to be a Good Samaritan. Number one, you need compassion and mercy. And you look at him. The Bible says he felt. He felt compassion. Can I say that compassion really is about empathy. It's about putting yourself in the shoes of another person. And in order to have compassion, we must be less self-absorbed. When we are always self-absorbed, we cannot lift our eyes to imagine how another person will feel like. You see, sometimes we are so self-absorbed that we are always thinking about our problems, our situation. Sometimes we're so self-absorbed because we're always on our phone. When we are always on our phones, we are not aware of things that are going on. We do not see. And when we do not see, we do not hear, we cannot have compassion. You know, when I, I preach to you right now, I'm not preaching to a crowd. I, I try to look at your faces, not to make you uncomfortable. But, but I try, because I'm not talking to a crowd. Yeah. I'm talking to individuals. Yeah. You have your story. Yeah. You have your highs and lows. Some of you are on the mountaintop now. but Some of you are in your valley low. And, and I am praying that God will help every one of you. I'm not talking to a crowd. You know, just before I got on stage, I was standing at the side. And, and I noticed this one person. And, and this person has uh, eczema on her face, or his face. And, and I was thinking, wow, I need to pray for this person. I need to, because I have a, a little bit of a skin eczema as well. So, so I have some cream, and I want to give to this person. And I was just thinking about that like 10 minutes before I got on stage. Because when I look at you, I see people. See, compassion is it, not just having a big heart. Some of you think, I'm an engineer. I don't feel. <laughs> it's not about whether you are a feely person or you are a teary person. It is about being less self-absorbed and, and looking at people and you're thinking, what is he going through? What's she going through? How can I help? Or even if I cannot help, like, wow, I can feel. I can like, oh, I, I will pray for this person. I, I, can, I can understand. And how to God church, we need to be like that. Can you have compassion? Number two, to be a good Samaritan, you need to have money. Money and means. Look at verse 34 and 35. Now, can I read this in the 2023 version? 
And he put the man on his own Tesla. Okay, now, now, in those days, you don't have a car. So you got to transport the guy, right? And since a donkey is not using fossil fuel, it's like a Tesla. He put him on his Tesla. He took him to a hospital. You don't have hospital those days. And he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two credit cards. How do I know this? Because he says, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you. Now, you go, wow, but recently I have a personal appreciation of this verse. He is basically going to a hospital and saying to the hospital administration, whatever hospital medical fees this man incur, I will cover it. I will be his personal guarantor. You know, I know that there are family members who will not even do that for their own family. Because you know why? You know how expensive medical bills are. And, and you got to understand, the Bible clearly says that this man did not have a diarrhea, did not have a fractured arm or a scratch. He was half dead. Now, when you say you are half dead, you are not actually half dead. You know, you come home from work, wow, I'm half dead. No, 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 you're exaggerating. But when the Bible says that you are half dead, you are ICU case. All right? So this man is in the ICU and a stranger, a good Samaritan goes and say, here's my credit card and don't worry, give him the best treatment, the best doctor and whatever you spend more, higher than the bill, I will pay for it. Whoa! Because I have a personal appreciation for this verse because a couple of months ago, uh, last year actually, my mom went through a triple heart bypass. Alright, she's like 84 years old. Triple heart bypass. Praise God. Thank you for praying. She's up and moving. She's healthy. She, life is back to normal. But, but, before you clap too loudly, okay, and you wow too much, do you know her medical bill? On the day she discharged, and I went to the hospital admin, and I sat there. Thank God there was a chair. And, and, and they say, this is the, the hospital bill. You want to see it? All right, let's put it on screen. Now, you didn't see wrongly. It is six figures. This is not in Japanese yen. Singapore dollars. $283,000 by now is almost $300,000. When I saw that, I say, now it's my turn to get a heart attack. Three hundred thousand dollars for a triple heart bypass. I told the doctor, I said, Doc, 300,000, I don't just want a triple heart bypass, I want a new heart. In fact, Doc, 300,000, I can get a new heart and you can throw in a pair of kidneys. And give me a 10-year warranty. 
this expensive? Well, thank you for worrying about me. All of you are laughing. None of you have compassion for me. But since you want to know and you're so empathetic, thank God for insurance. And insurance covered everything. Uh, well, almost everything. I only had to pay like 1% or something. Um, so thank you for all the insurance agents in How to God Church say, Amen. All right. But this is just for you to know. In order to help people, love people, care for people, you need money. And that's why in How to God Church, I think, teach all the young people in academic excellence. I know you want to do good, but you also need to do well. You need to both do well and do good. And so, you need money and means, you need compassion and mercy. And number three, and this is where I want to focus on, you need time and energy. Look at verse 34. He took care of him. And then the next day, it's like imagine you, you see someone who is hurt, had an accident, and you brought him or her to the hospital. That takes time. And then you took care of that person you stood in, in the hospital by his bedside for the whole day till the next day. You spend your whole day. You got to get off work. Clear your schedule. And spend time with this person. And then he goes on to say, the next time I'm here. So it's not I'm done, but I will come back. I will make sure you are well. I follow through the whole thing. And I will come back again. That takes time and energy. Amen? In order for you to love and care and reach out to people, we need time and energy. You know, there was an experiment in uh, Princeton University in the School of Theology, and there was two groups of students. The first group was told that they need to study the story of the Good Samaritan. And, and at the end of it, there will be an exam. The second group was told that they would have to write an essay about their motivations for studying or for, or for studying uh, theology. And they say at the end, both groups, you will take an exam. The exams, they are held in the next building. You have to cross the road to the next building and take your exam over there. Now, what the student didn't know is that they planted an actor to fake a heart attack. And as the students were crossing the road, this actor will have a heart attack and they wanted to see how many or who, which student will stop to help. So, how many of you want to guess the results? How many of you think that it is those students who was going to write an essay about the motivations of studying theology? How many of you think they stopped to help? Well, none. Oh, a few. Well done. A few. Okay, how many of you think it's those who studied the Good Samaritan? Put out your hands. All right, a lot of you. How many of you are not going to put out your hands no matter what? Before I tell you the results, there's another thing you need to know. 
half the students, no matter what they studied, was told that they were late for the exams. The other half of the students were told that they have plenty of time. And you know what's the result? The results show that it doesn't matter what topic they studied. It showed that the students who felt that they were rushed, they didn't help. Let me give you the results, all right? The students who thought they were running late, only 10% stopped to help. But those students who thought that they had plenty of time, 63% stopped to help. And so my friends, here's the problem. It is not about whether you are studying the Good Samaritan or any topic. It's not whether you are a banker or a lawyer. What matters is the moment you feel that you are rushed, you are late, you are busy, you don't stop to help. And that's why I say, number three, in order to be a good Samaritan, you need time and energy. The problem is we are always rushing. We are always running late. We are always running for another meeting. We are always busy. And when we are busy, we don't have the capacity to love, to care, to help. It doesn't matter how much theology you know, whether you are Christian or not. It is about the time and the energy that we have. So listen, in order to really love, here's a formula I worked out according to this parable. We need to have compassion. And we need to have money. We also need to have time. And then we need to have energy. You see, I believe that most of you here, we are good, godly Christian, and we have compassion. Let me try that one more time. We are good, godly Christians here, and we have compassion. Okay, okay. And, and I also know that Heart of God Church, you are one of the most generous people ever. You are tithing, you are giving to the building fund, so you are generous. But maybe, maybe our problem is time and energy. Amen? And, you know, I was praying one morning, this is years ago, and, and then the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord said, you are a stingy person. And I was like, what? I was offended. <laughs> How could you say I am stingy? I have given a lot of money to church. You mean that's not enough? I am not a stingy. There are many more people stingier than me in church. Okay. And then the Lord says, you are not stingy with your money. You are generous with your money. But you are stingy with your time. And boom! I repent, God. Yes, I am very stingy with my time because I am very busy. I run a church. I run a business. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a son of a mom who had a triple heart bypass. 
I'm very busy. I am stingy with my time. So maybe some of us here, we are stingy with our time, with our energy. That's why we're not loving, caring, helping. It's nothing to do with our hearts. It's a time problem. It's energy. So perhaps if we were to free up our lives, if we can be less busy, we can be more loving. You know, I don't know. Are you, maybe you are like me. I'm, I'm the guy who multitasks. I, I believe in efficiency, productivity. I mean, I believe in, in one stone kill 20 birds. All right, this, this is the way I live, okay? In order to have all, fulfill all my responsibilities, this is how I live. Um, most of the time, I'm in the office having back-to-back meetings, back-to-back meetings. I don't go out for lunch. I eat lunch while having meetings. That's what I do, right? In a rare occasion where I have to go out, it's usually to meet people and, and, and to meet pastors or, or somebody. And, and so if I have to meet somebody and say the appointment is 2 p.m., all right, 2 p.m., so I will schedule my day three weeks before for that day, and I will make sure one stone, 20 birds. So if I were to drive and go to that location at 2 p.m. for coffee, oh, I need to do some banking along the way. Uh, you know, you've got to go to the bank. Okay, so I'll find a location that has the coffee and the bank that I need, and I need to pick up some groceries. I need to go to the Challenger and buy the, all my errands. I will make sure it's in the location. I'll tell my friend, can you meet me in this place? The coffee is really good, but really it's not the coffee. I need to be there. Okay? And then, and then as, I, as I, I'm going there, like I'm thinking, I need, to, I need to maximize my time. I would put on the podcast, catch up with sermon, at the same time talk to Jesus as I drive. And then if I need to talk to a few people, I put on the, the car, car play, and I'll be talking. And then you know what? I, I, this is, I need to do more. I need to be more productive. I bring two young men to sit in my car so that I can disciple them at the same time. And, and they're sitting there. They are, I'm discipling them. I'm praying. I'm listening to the podcast. And then, and then when I go there, I say, I, I need a haircut too. I might as well squeeze in the haircut. So, so I'll do, do a haircut and I'll meet my friend and for half an hour and in all this, my car is also being polished in the basement. I accomplished so much. Pat myself on the back. Well done, pastor. No wonder you're such a great man. However, if one appointment messes up, the line at the bank is too long. The haircut takes too long. If my friend turns up late, any one of these moving parts go wrong, ah! Domino effect. My life is completely messed up for that day and I'll have a bad day. I have learned that maybe if when I plan it like this and when I live like this, guess what? If I'm driving along, walking along and somebody needs my help, do you think I'll help? I would be like the other two dudes and walk on the other side. If somebody I meet, maybe it's not for help, maybe, maybe I bump into somebody and maybe it's the Lord giving me opportunities to engage this person and, and get to know this person. 
or, or an old friend from school to reconnect. And maybe God wants me to bring him back to Christ, to God. But you know what? Hi, I got to go. Nice to meet you. IG me. Bye. I realize I may be very productive, but I will not have time to care, to help, to just engage, hang out. And I also realize that I will not be able to listen to the Holy, Holy Spirit. Because if I'm rushing like this and the Holy Spirit speaks to me, go there, talk to this person, see that, do this, I will ignore the Holy Spirit because I am on a schedule. So I've learned to change. I try. I'm still trying. Now one stone killed three birds. <laughs> so, so I have an appointment in about two weeks' time with one of my old schoolmates. And, and my appointment, my first appointment, is going to end like 3 p.m. And say, can I meet you at 3.05? Uh, for me, I would actually say 3.07. Don't even waste two minutes. But he cannot make it. He says, I can only meet you at 4.30. And I'm like, <laughs> I have one and a half hours. You're going to waste my one and a half hours. Sorry, Lord, I will not be stingy with my time anymore. Sure, I will be happy to meet you at 4.30. No problem. Does it work out? It works out perfectly for me. So I'm trying. So, so, but maybe in that, oh, and worse still, he's, I, I say, can you meet me at this place? It really has nice coffee. You know what I mean by that, right? It's nothing to do with the coffee, right? He says, no, can you meet me at my workplace? I'm like, one and a half hours that I have to kill and I have to drive to your workplace that has no banks around, no errands for me to run. Sure, I would love to drive and meet you. You are very important. So, I shared it with because I'm learning not to be stingy with my time. So maybe along the way, I will meet some people or God will speak to me and I will now have the luxury of time to love, to care, to engage, to talk to people. So listen, maybe the key to revival, the key to you, being able to bring someone to Christ or just simply loving somebody, caring somebody. It's just rescheduling so that you have time and energy. Maybe it's just like that. It's as simple. It's not spiritual. It's not faith-filled. It's just very practical. Maybe, maybe for you, it's that in between your meetings, you can, you can go to the office pantry and you could just hang there for five minutes, ten minutes, talk to somebody. Maybe you could just have a little bit more time that you can give a friend, a colleague, a lift. Like, oh, you are going to Jurong West. Uh, sure, it's on the way. I only live in uh, Changi, but now it's on the way. <laughs> but maybe that, that time in the car. So maybe it's as simple as that. All right? Amen? Yeah. 
So let me suggest to you, how about instead of living life at 120% or 100%, how about we live our lives at 80%? Okay? And then the other 20%, you live for others. So you plan your life so that your time, your energy levels, you use only 80, 80% of the week. And then 20% of the week is not for me time. It is not for soul care, self-love, which is very in nowadays. That 20%, or if you want to do soul care, self-love, manicure, pedicure, massage, it's in your 80%. All right? Then the 20% Live for others. Not just your money, not just your time and energy, but your emotions. When you build a relationship, when you make friends, when you win people, you need to be emotionally engaged. How about your social battery? Some of us here, you know, you need to reserve some social battery to meet new people, make new friends. I, I don't know, maybe you are... I don't know if you're introvert or extroverted, all right? For, for the introverted, when you meet new people, your social battery is drained. For the extroverted, when you meet people, you recharge. <laughs> but whatever, whoever you are, keep 20% of your social battery for others to reach out, to love and care for people. So I'm going to go real quick. Some practical examples. Number one, space out your schedule. Don't be like me, one stone, 20 birds. Stop having those back-to-back -back meetings. Schedule your days looser, amen, so that you have time and energy to talk to people. In the office, in school, when you're driving, you could actually stop and, hey, how are you? And just talk for 10 minutes, all right? Give yourself space. Declutter your life. Okay, now I'm speaking to myself again. See, some of you are like me. You are Mr. Fix-It and Mrs. Fix-It. You like to fix things. Whenever there's a problem, you fix it. And that's good, all right? And, and the way we fix it is we fix it by adding solutions, all right? So when you have this problem, you fix it, you add solutions. When your CG is not growing, you fix it, you add prayer meeting, you add integration outing. <laughs> when you have this problem, you fix it, and you add stuff. Can I propose to you, how about that we don't solve problems by adding solutions? How about we value add by subtracting? Because sometimes subtracting is the solution. Sometimes doing less is more. It's like, it's strange. People are say, saying and doing this, oh dear, I'm I'm eating too much, I'm putting on weight, I'm fat. So, I need to add gym lessons. I need to add spinning classes. Oh, but the spinning classes and the gym lessons cost a lot of money. So, I need to add a job to pay for the classes so that I can lose weight. Maybe the solution is to eat lesser. You eat lesser, you don't have to go through that journey. And if you go to the gym, God bless you, go to the gym. 
have time to connect, talk. All the guys, you go to the gym, it's not to show off. I see some of you on IG, you go to the gym, the only person you talk to is the mirror. The mirror doesn't need your love. You don't need to save your mirror. If you go to the gym, talk to people. Got it? Sometimes the solution is not by adding. It is by subtracting. Oh, I love this car. I need to buy this car. I cannot afford this car. This car is way too expensive. I cannot afford. Oh, I have an idea. Let me add this. I will still buy the car, which I cannot afford, but I'll moonlight by driving Grab and Uber at night to pay for the car that I cannot afford. So the idea is, why don't you just not buy the car? Oh, I have no time. I'm so stressed. I have to take three jobs. For what? Support your kids? No, support your car. So if you subtract, you will realize you have time. You have energy. And you can use that 20% to reach out. Amen? So listen, I want to put a clause here. Nothing wrong with moonlighting, driving, grab, and, and going to the gym. All those are good stuff. But, but sometimes it's, it's stuff that you do unnecessarily. If, if you need the money, if you're, you're struggling financially, sure. But it's not to pay for your extra holidays. It's not to work 40 hours on top of your regular job so that you can buy LV. That doesn't help. Amen. So listen, Corey Tanboon says this, if the devil cannot make you sin, he will make you busy. So true. Because when we are busy, we cannot love people. When we are busy, we cannot connect with God. We cannot hear God. We cannot be led by the Holy Spirit. We are in a rush, rush, run, run, busy, busy all the time. Next What about being present? Especially for all the young people. Get off the phone. Unplug. Stop using the earphones. You know, it cost me a lot of money to say that statement, right? (laughs) I sell earphones. So as, as a very objective pastor, unplug from the earphones. That's a huge sacrifice for me there. Amen. Amen. Be present. When you're always on the phone, always on your earphones, you cannot look into the eyes of people. You cannot hear them. You cannot get in touch with them. You won't know if someone needs help, someone needs love, someone is in pain. You are just desensitized to the whole world. And, And when you're always on the phone or on your earphones, you cannot hear from the Holy Spirit. So you need to be present. Amen? Amen. Engage people. 
give a bit of time. Like if you pick up your kids from childcare or school, and if possible, hang out a bit for five, ten minutes so that you talk to the other parents. Go early, leave later. After service at 6.30. Do I? What, what? You look a bit sheepish here. <laughs> After service at 6.30, don't be gone by 6.31 and say, oh, I've scheduled an appointment. Loosen up your Saturdays and your Sundays. Stay for 15 minutes. Engage. Talk to people. Maybe someone around you needs a prayer, needs a smile, needs an encouragement from you. Maybe it needs a, a word from God and God spoke to you and say, after service, pray for this person. Talk to this person. Give this person $50. But if you're out at 6.31, you cannot do anything. So it's nothing to do with your heart. I know you are good people. It has to do with your scheduling. Amen? Finally, sacrifice. Sacrifice hobbies. Leisure. Korean drama. The 342 episodes of it. Sacrifice me time. Listen, it's good to be free so that you are free to be good. Amen? You know, we come to an end, the end of our service and uh, on your seats, or well, probably on the floor by now, uh, you have a little card like this called the Others card. And, uh, and if you open up, today we're not going to worship more. We're not going to pray more. Today is very practical. Perhaps just loving more has nothing to do with your heart or, or being spiritual or prayer. Maybe it's really practical. So, at the top half of the card says, I want to commit to bring the love of God to others by. So it could be being present, engaging people more, rescheduling your lives, being freer, live at 80% capacity. So all these things declutter your life, sacrifice your me time. You know, just write it down. Uh, yeah, some of the things that you want to cut down. Sell the car. I'm just kidding. Uh, some of the things that you need to cut down so that you, you can live at 80%. So the, the other 20% you can live for others. And then also if there's people that, that the Holy Spirit puts in your heart that you want to reach out to, friends, family, write it down. Start by praying for them. But also when you have those free time, you go engage them. Will you do that? It's as simple as that. So with that, please stand up with me on your feet. We're almost done. We just want to give you some time to think about that. Let's close our eyes. Father, we come before you. And God, you have blessed us with so much. And God, there's never enough time. We're always busy. So we have to make a conscious, deliberate decision to replan our lives, reorder our priorities. God, that at the end of our lives, it will not be we will not be known as the most productive, most efficient person. But I want to be known as the most loving, the most caring, the most 
serving person that that when when people around me or even strangers who needs me I can be there for them that I can be present and even when my schedule is interrupted that God I will have the patience I would have the kindness to just get out of my schedule my plans and be led by the Holy Spirit be led by the opportunities that you gave me that way I will love people and I will reach people thank you Jesus so you know every day we stand at this crossroad and we can be like the people in the story of the Good Samaritan we can either live for others or we can just pretend we didn't see pretend we do not know and then just cross over to the other side of the road the other side of the road is a road of busyness the road of stress the road of rushing the other side of the road is a road where we are self-absorbed we don't care let's not go there let's stay on this side of the road live for others I'm just going to stop speaking right now next five minutes you have time you're not in a rush five minutes you're not rushing to leave not rushing to go home your grab is not waiting for you next five minutes I'm going to keep quiet you listen to God just hear the Holy Spirit saying some of us here you need to breathe you need to just slow down and just breathe and some of us here you need to learn to wait on Him those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strengths we need to wait on Him
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends. You can connect with us and our senior pastors, Pastor Hao and Pastor Leah, on Instagram or Facebook. Also, do join us for our online services, HOGC On Air, or for one of our in-person services on the weekends if you're in Singapore. To find out more, just visit www.hogc.sg. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.